1: Too often, we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease, but these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra.
0: Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and founder of health and wellness company, WCubed, which you can learn more about at WCubed Community. That's W-C-U-B-E-D community.com. Thank you for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. We love all of our listeners. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health. In particular, we like to provide information about better daily choices we can all make because sustained health results from consistently nourishing our body, mind, and spirit with good foods, thoughts, attitudes, and spiritual connection. And today, we're going to talk with someone who helps those who are incarcerated make better decisions for their future. Our guest is James Fox program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Prison Yoga Project. And if you're not familiar with this wonderful organization, then let me introduce the Give Back Yoga Foundation to you. They believe in making yoga available to all those who might not otherwise have the opportunity to experience the transformational benefits of this powerful practice. As a national nonprofit yoga organization, They support and fund certified teachers in all traditions to offer the teachings of yoga to underserved and under-resourced socioeconomic segments of the community. Through their highly effective programs, trainings, and resources, Give Back Yoga Foundation inspires grassroots social change and community cooperation as the nation's gateway for yoga service projects of all types and sizes. And to find out more about the Give Back Yoga Foundation, please visit givebackyoga.org. And you may recall on August 11th, we talked to Olivia Kavitny from the Give Back Yoga Foundation Yoga for First Responders program, and we learned about how she works with active duty, police, firefighters, and military. It was a really fascinating discussion. So check it out on demand if you missed it. And today, James is going to talk about his work with the Prison Yoga Project And in upcoming Gen R episodes, we'll also feature the program directors for the three other Give Back Yoga Foundation yoga service programs, Eat, Breathe, Thrive for positive body image development, Mindful Yoga Therapy for veterans, and the 12-step program for those dealing with addictions. But now, let's get started with James. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here.
2: Oh, it's great to be on, Sandra. So,
0: I'd love to know more about your personal journey and what you Drew you to working with the prison population? Can you talk to us about that? Sure.
2: Well, it wasn't something that was intentional when I started out. Um, I had been a long time yoga practitioner, and when I became a teacher, when I became certified as a teacher 15 years ago, what I did know was that I wanted to bring yoga to populations who weren't being exposed to it, and I wanted to bring the potential transformative benefits of yoga to those folks. And I drew on my own experience of um, my youth and uh, my upbringing, which was in Chicago. And I realized that at that particular time, if I had been exposed to a practice like yoga in my formative years, particularly when I was a teenager and into my early adulthood, that it could have saved me from a lot of pain and suffering that I experienced, a lot of emotional distress, a lot of confusion. And so uh, the first place that I went when I started teaching was to a residential treatment facility for boys at risk, most of whom had been court-ordered into this program. And then one thing led to another, and I was asked to start teaching in some San Francisco Bay Area juvenile detention facilities. And then, shortly after that, actually 13 years ago, I was asked to set up a yoga and mindfulness program at San Quentin State Prison.
0: Wow. So, in looking back on it, it seems like the experiences that you did go through as a younger person were given to you for a purpose. <laughs> it really uh, led you in this direction where you're able to help all these people now.
2: Yes. I, I, I. I feel we all have that possibility. All of us has a unique gift to offer the world. And um, oftentimes that gift comes through challenges and through um, some difficult periods of time.
0: That's right. Now, when we talked to Olivia about working with first responders, she went into detail about how she really had to get into their culture and figure out how to bring yoga to them which will best serve them in their situation, and it's a very different asana practice that she does. So in your case, how did you develop the expertise to work with these populations? Uh, I assume that you have to modify things a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think there's some modification, but there's also some other things of, of great importance. And when I started on this journey, I realized that two of the common denominators for anybody who was incarcerated, be them youth or adults, were violence and addiction, Mm -hmm. and that it was important for me to understand the emotional and psychological issues around violence and addiction. And, And then to do the best I could to prepare myself to apply a yoga practice to help mediate these issues. And so um, one of the people that I studied with way back in the very beginning uh, was a, a man named Joseph Pereira who started the Creepa Foundation in India that works with uh, people who are suffering with addictions. And uh, I also did violence prevention facilitation work because I wanted to clearly understand issues of uh, reactive behavior that impact people who have violent tendencies. And then I gradually began to apply what I knew about yoga and what I knew about engaging the parasympathetic nervous system, um, the relaxation response in the body, for dealing with a number of these issues. And I also was careful not to make the practice overly vigorous because that could be counterproductive. Um, And what I mean by that is that yoga could then be perceived as just another exercise rather than a practice that can be used for calming the mind and relieving the body of stress and anxiety.
0: That's pretty interesting that you talk about activating the parasympathetic nervous system because for the first responders, it's a similar situation in that they're in chronically stressful situations where they're dealing with a lot of trauma and they cannot live in that state as none of us can. And so what Olivia teaches them is how to calm themselves down. Uh, activate their parasympathetic nervous system before or after they're in a stressful situation. And so do you do a similar thing with the prisoners in terms of teaching them how to activate their parasympathetic nervous system through breathing and other exercises? Is that is that the approach you take?
2: Yes, a- absolutely. I think perhaps the difference in my classes in prison and classes that are offered in public are that there's a a real even division of what I call centering practice, which one might consider meditation, but I call mindfulness centering practice, learning how to shift out of the activity of the mind and draw awareness into the body as a sort of beginning point of a practice. And then um, working on conscious breathing exercises uh, for calming the mind and calming the body and then the purpose of the asana practice is specifically the discharge trauma that's held in the body interesting so i i would say that my classes are probably much more balanced in terms of those three focuses than most classes are uh in in public
0: interesting that's really interesting so also as far as the stresses that prisoners need to deal with while they are incarcerated. I assume that this would help with that too.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, you, you know, some of the biggest issues that uh, stimulate trauma are lack of safety, predictability, and control. When there's mm-hmm. a lack of safety, predictability, and control, the situation is rife for trauma. And you have uh, people who go to prison with unresolved trauma, come from traumatic lifestyles, and it's like they're popped into a cauldron. Uh, Prisons are traumatic environments. There's very little safety predictability and control. Uh, It's easy to fly off the handle. It's easy to continue that reactive behavior, both among prisoners and then some of the stresses between prison staff and prisoners so um it is uh, it, 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 in 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 one respect it's a it's a perfect place to be bringing a practice of yoga and mindfulness for dealing with uh, trauma related issues
0: that's right uh, this is extremely powerful because what you're doing is you're helping them to resolve their past traumas where they came from that landed them there, helping them to modulate their Response to situations. You're helping them deal with their present situation, which you say is very stressful. And you're also preparing them for their future upon release so that they have a better chance of being a productive member of society and not winding up back in prison again. So you're helping on so many fronts.
2: Well, that's what I'm trying to do, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you for introducing us to the Prison Yoga Project, and we're going to go ahead and get ready now for our first break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I am talking to Program Director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Prisoner Yoga Project, James Fox. And he just introduced us to the wonderful work that he's doing with folks that are incarcerated in terms of helping them resolve a lot of the issues which landed them there and which will also help them be productive members of society upon release. So this is just a wonderful thing going on. So thanks again for joining us, everyone. And we're going to, on the other side of this break. Talk about how specifically James works with the prisoners to teach them better skills. It's really amazing stuff. Thanks again and see you soon.
1: GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more.
3: It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more.
4: Are you a wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra? Host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kinstucky, accomplished coach and creator of masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubes Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. <laughs>
1: This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to sandra malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is Program Director for Give Back Yoga Foundation's Prison Yoga Project. James Fox. And in the previous segment, James talked to us about the prisoner population that he works with. Now, James, when we discussed yoga for first responders with Olivia on August 11th, she described how she modified a standard asana practice to fit the needs of the group. And you just went into how you modified a practice to fit with your population. And so what I'm wondering is with a lot of the emphasis on mindfulness and so on, are the prisoners and prison officials very open to trying this?
2: In the beginning, I would say, and when I say in the beginning, I would this is going back 13 years ago, this was brand new to prisoners and to prison administration. And so it took some convincing, but uh, I, I, word spread by word of mouth prisoners came to classes. I used to say some of the bravest men in the prison
1: (laughs) came to (laughs) yoga
2: classes to begin with. And word spread throughout the prison that this was really beneficial. And over time, working with prison administration, uh, my consistency of showing up, which is half half of the work and um, getting to know various administrative officials, uh, they were able to see the benefits that were occurring with prisoners. And so today, actually, I have waiting lists for the four different classes that I teach at San Quentin Prison. Wow. And the program is very well known in the prison. The program is well known by administration. However, there's still somewhat of a cultural divide in working with prison administration staff. Um, And that is still, that still needs some work, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is also rapidly changing because as the benefits of yoga become more and more known, and as more research is being done on the benefits of yoga, this is now becoming public information. And this is the kind of information that's really important to share with any kind of administrative officials who are particularly involved in institutions, and they're not exposed to practices like yoga and some other holistic health practices that could help people who they are in charge of. So it's a pro- it's a process. It's an educational process. I'm happy to say that it's improving greatly as time has gone on.
0: That's great. Yeah, and you would think that it would show itself to be of benefit to uh, the officials, because uh, you'd think it would make their jobs ultimately easier if there's just more of a sense of calm amongst the population.
2: Yes, that, and I think, again, what probably speaks most directly to administrative personnel is um, health care cost savings.
3: Aha, uh-huh. uh, that's,
2: that's another big one. I have many testimonials from former students and current students of mine, of how their yoga practice has impacted their hypertension, how it's impacted their bipolar issues, their ADHD, things of this issue. It's things of of these matters. And so this really speaks to administrative officials when you're able to demonstrate that.
0: That's right. And so do you have an idea of how many prisons have actually adopted such yoga, yoga practices?
2: Well, we know that at least at last count, there are 103 jails and prisons uh, where Prison Yoga Project trained teachers are now teaching. Oh, that's great. And I don't ha- I don't have a count on other other programs that are out there, but we know that as far as our program is concerned, there are 103 active jails and prisons.
0: Okay. And do you engage in outreach? With uh, new prisons and prison officials to try to get practices in there, or do you wait for them to come to you? How do you try to do that?
2: Well, it's kind of a combination of both. I mean, yeah. something that's that's new is within the last year, year and a half. We do, now do have prisons coming to us. Prisons are all. Prisons and jails are all faced with. Uh, matters of how can they reduce recidivism? How can they reduce the rate of return of people to prison? Because that definitely impacts um, the cost of running a prison. And so most state and county institutions um, are really at a place of looking at how can they save costs. And one of the ways they can save costs is reducing the prison population and having healthier people returning to society. And I think that um, this is becoming much more of a motivator for programs like yoga and meditation in prisons.
0: That's right, it's just a win-win-win for everybody concerned to do this. Um, So let's talk about the prisoners themselves for a moment. How often do you do a yoga practice with them? Is it weekly that you have classes? And then do you give them exercises to do off the mat daily as well?
2: We have weekly classes. And um, they're not able to do a lot of asana practice um, outside of the class. There are some restrictions as to where they can do that. Um, they can do some of that on the yards but that's open to the rest of the general population of the prison Um, if there's a gym at a facility they can do some practice on their own there are some students of mine who actually do some practice in their cells or on the tiers where they live in the prisons but most of the asana practice itself is uh, during class now In terms of their centering practice, their meditation practice, this is something that I encourage them to do every day, even if it's for five or ten minutes every day. And I encourage them to do it first thing in the morning and to spend at least a few minutes before they go to bed at night. And then I also encourage them to use their conscious breathing, their pranayama practices Mm
1: -hmm. regularly.
2: And what I mean by that is one of the major things that I teach in terms of engaging the parasympathetic and learning how to calm the mind and body is extended exhale. And when you realize that you're not extending your exhale, in fact, when you realize that you're hardly breathing or you're not breathing very deeply and you begin to extend your exhale, you can be waiting in line. There's a lot of waiting in line in prison. There's Mm -hmm. waiting in line to go to the chow hall. There's waiting in line to go to the commissary. You can be standing in line and you can be practicing. You can be practicing your conscious breathing practices. And these are all mindfulness practices of increasing self-awareness, of increasing awareness of I'm not just connected to the thoughts in my head, but I'm actually connected with my body. Yes. Um, And so it's an ongoing kind of that I, I really stress that yoga is not just getting on a mat, and doing the asana practice. That yoga is a living, breathing practice.
0: Absolutely. That
2: can, that can be done throughout your day, whether you're in prison or whether you're outside. Um, so, yeah, th- th- this, is, this is the main. And then, of course, our, our classes are an hour and a half, so we have a good amount of time to practice. And y- there's usually questions And then the other thing is that um, in 2009 I wrote a book for prisoners called Yoga, A Path for Healing and Recovery. Mm. And it was written specifically for, um, based on my experience of working with prisoners and understanding their issues, it's about a 100-page book. And so everybody has that book. It has various uh, breathing, meditation, and asana practices in the book. And everybody has the book, and I encourage them to use the book during the week. And then I also bring in other information for them, um, other books that can be donated and things of that nature.
0: That's just fantastic. Uh, And one more question about the population you're working with. So you present to them these options to incorporate yoga into their life. And we're going to get into some testimonials and success stories in the final segment, which will be really fun to hear. But just as you're going through the class week by week, month by month, do you see your students gaining in self-awareness and self-relaxation? Are you able to observe that?
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm able to observe it. And I also have a questionnaire that, um, I'm very fortunate in that uh, the men that I work with are doing uh, long sentences. In fact, uh, most of the men that I work with at San Quentin are life-sentenced with the possibility of parole. Mm. And so typically, um, they'll be with me for two, three, four, five years. Um, And what I do is every six months, I have them complete a questionnaire that talks about their insights into their practice and how they are using their practice in their lives and i asked them for i asked them to break out the benefits mental emotional and physical and to speak to the benefits that they're experiencing and so the testimonials i'm going to share with you are from those questionnaires
0: oh interesting Okay, yeah, really look forward to hearing those. Okay, so as we get ready to wrap up this segment, let's just remind anyone who's listening who may be associated with a prison, a prison official, who wants to learn more about these programs, how would they reach out to you?
2: Uh, they can contact us at uh, our website, which is www.prisonyoga.org
0: prisonyoga.org. Okay. Let's, yes, let's definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, because like you say, there are just so many benefits to helping out this population to society as a whole uh, because it just doesn't behoove us to have so many people incarcerated. So what you're doing is wonderful. And I'd like to thank you on behalf of everybody for doing this work. It's really great really great. All right. Let's get ready now for our next break. Thanks again, everyone for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I am talking to the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation, Prison Yoga Project, James Fox. And he just gave us a wonderful introduction to his organization and how he works with the incarcerated population. And if you are a yoga teacher and you want to work with this group, Then some specific training is needed. As James said, uh, the Prison Yoga Project has a training program. So we're going to get into that on the other side of this break. So stay close and we'll see you soon.
1: GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified. And we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward/learn-more.
3: It’s here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced. And together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Are you a
4: wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values? Are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra? host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kinstucky, accomplished coach and creator of masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubed Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. <laughs>
1: This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to sandra malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration.
0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is the Program Director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Prison Yoga Project, James Fox. Now many prisoners have made a mistake and want to move forward in a more productive way and it's really wonderful that the Prison Yoga Project gives them these skills and a second chance. And as James explained, he has modified a yoga practice to really provide prisoners what they need the most. So my question for you, James, is where can yoga teachers go to learn more about conducting a yoga practice that will fit the needs for the incarcerated population. How does one start down that path if they want to go there?
2: For the last uh, four years, I've been um, offering training, special trainings, workshops in working with this population. And these are, these are weekend uh, trainings, typically 14 hour trainings. And, um, Uh, which qualify for uh, Yoga Alliance uh, Continuing Education Units, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really dive into uh, a thorough orientation for conducting a class in uh, a prison setting with prisoners. So uh, dealing with the uh, specific common emotional issues that prisoners present, uh, addressing those in a a full-on yoga practice, dealing with the institutional setting of a prison. If a person has never spent any time in a prison, they're very, very different Mm -hmm. than any place that um, you would normally be. And um, there's protocol to follow. There are things to be aware of that are really very important. So it's a combination of... um, you know the actual methodology of teaching prisoners and dealing with the psychological and emotional issues of prisoners as well as their physical issues there are, a lot of prisoners have abused their bodies and have mm-hmm. um, have a lot of chronic ailments you know in terms of their physical ailments as well um So that training, we post um, the training schedule. Those trainings are held around the country, in various parts of the country. And we post those trainings on our website, um, prisonyoga.org. And typically there's at least one training a month happening somewhere in the United States. And I'm also now doing trainings in Europe as well, where we have a couple of programs. Um, One right now, actually, in Holland.
0: Wow, that's great. You're growing. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So one thing I have to ask is, should only large, husky, uh, muscular uh, yoga teachers consider this? Or is this something that women could do? Have you ever felt at risk in any situation that you're in?
2: Well, here's the situation. 93% of prisoners are male and probably 80 to 85% of yoga teachers are female. Exactly. So <laughs> um and I and and so I like to say so we need women yoga teachers to do this work, but not only because the majority of yoga teachers are women, but because of what women have to offer in terms of healing qualities in terms of the strength that women have to offer. So there are a number of women yoga teachers who are teaching in male prisons with the Prison Yoga Project and doing so very successfully. And yes, of course, there are issues to be aware of. Um, The... Odds of somebody really being at risk of a woman really being at risk going into a male prison are very very minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prisons are safe environments, even though that they're unpredictable environments, and uh, typically the, the the risk occurs uh, prisoner to prisoner mm-hmm. because of different kinds of cultural issues and different kinds of prisoner issues that. That we don't really know about, um, the risk to us is really minimal. Um, however, again, once again, it's really important to understand these these um, emotional issues and mental health issues because our prisons in the United States are the largest mental health institutions in this country. Yes, and so it's it it would. Probably not be typical that you would have somebody in the class who has severe mental health issues. But most people who are in prison have some kind of mental health issue as a a, a result of them living in a prison. Mm. Um, The mind and the body are dramatically affected affected by being in this kind of an environment. Um, But the the risks, you you know, prison custody staff... um, are very good in terms of um, their jobs and um, in the institutions where any of teachers that i 've trained are teaching it's really important to work with prison administration to have the classes set up i in an ideal situation uh, ideally you know that they 're in a in a room or they're in a gym or something like that where they have access to custody staff. But of all the years that I've been doing this work, um, yeah, I've had a couple of issues that came up in class that were maybe more mental health oriented, or they might've been issues uh, with a prisoner with another prisoner. Um, but, I've probably taught 1,400 classes at San Quentin and maybe two of those classes I had any kind of disruptive behavior or any kind of issue to deal with.
0: Okay. That's really great information. Now, also given the training to be able to work in this environment with this population, what other special skills would you say are needed for a teacher to be successful here?
2: Well, certainly to have a firm understanding of, of yoga. So, you know, to be a certified yoga teacher, a certified Yoga Alliance yoga teacher, um, to have a, a real clear understanding of mindfulness and a mindfulness practice um, and, and to have some um, emotional and psychological understanding or to be able to do some research in um behavioral psychology you know one of the things i'd like to say is if you're a yoga teacher and you say i specialize in lower back pain well then i would expect that you would totally understand the anatomy of the lower back and lower back issues so if you're working with populations who are experienced who have experienced trauma and who are dealing with specific emotional issues, it's important to understand those. Do you need to be a therapist, a psychological therapist? No, you don't need to be a psychological therapist, but you do need to be a yoga therapist. Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting point. Now, what kind of energy would you say you bring to the practice as a yoga teacher? And I'll just give you an example of what Olivia said for the first responders. She said that she has to be very authoritative. That's the energy that she needs to bring to that group to mm-hmm. interact with them. And how, what kind of energy would you say you bring to work with the prisoner population?
2: That's a, that's a very good question. Um, I would say number one, authentic
4: mm. to
2: really be to really be myself and try not to be anybody else, try not to be actually, it probably is counterproductive to be a real authoritative figure because that 's all that prisoners get yes twenty four seven they have uh, prison officials, they have custody staff who are authoritative with them all the time. So it gives me the opportunity, the biggest thing is to be authentic, to be my practice. That everything everything is reflected by my commitment to my practice and by my commitment to walking a yogic path. And so what what I'm able to do is I'm able to demonstrate a different model of male strength.
0: Ooh, that's a wonderful point.
2: And, um, and it, and over time it becomes very much respected. And so I earn the respect by being myself and by my commitment and my dedication to being a yogi. And, and I don't make a big deal out of that, but um, and then there are other issues um, of, that I had mentioned before about consistency and integrity, being consistent. Um, if I say I'm going to do something, do it, matter of integrity. Mm. And, and then the other thing is equanimity because you're, you're in an environment where you're actually working with prisoners and then you're also working with the institution. And so prisoners oftentimes have a beef about the way they're being treated by the institution, and they may have a valid beef that that they're being treated unfairly, but it's not my job to take their side. It's my job to walk the middle ground and to remind them, okay, what is it that you can deal with to bring some peace and calm to yourself? Mm. And to basically as a yogi would understand that whatever shows up in your life <laughs> you're responsible for
0: that's a deep spiritual lesson right there <laughs> yes so
2: accountability and this is a real yes. advantage of and you know of working with people who who've harmed other people to take personal responsibility and to live their lives that way
0: yes yes that's right yeah i really appreciate the point that you made about showing them a new model for male strength because you're approaching it from a higher leg level of integrity and vibration, if you will, which is perhaps something they haven't seen a lot of in their history up to that point. Uh, they may have different ideas of what male strength is, which could be more based on ego and machismo and violence. And Yeah. We- yeah. We- we- we-
2: we- from my studies and my my exposure to uh, violence prevention work we call that the male role belief system mm. of how men learn early on how to act how to think yes to be a man and 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 it's authoritative and it's controlling and unfortunately way too many men in this society and many other societies have adopted that model of strength
0: that's right that's right, and it's and it's not real strength, which you learn as a yogi, uh, the sources of real strength. Well, that's just a wonderful description. Thank you so much. And you're welcome. Yes, thank you. And on that note, let's get ready for our final break. Thanks for joining us, everyone, again. I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I am. I'm learning so much. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I have been talking to the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation prison yoga project james fox and we covered a lot of ground about how yoga and mindfulness can really help this population and we'll see on the flip side with some success stories from james and some contact information again thanks a lot and see you in a few
1: GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified. And we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non project.org forward slash learn dash more.
3: It's here announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced and together we can do it visit whole-treatment.com to find out more are you a
4: wellness entrepreneur or practitioner who wants to grow your business dramatically without compromising your values are you ready for an adventure and expansion with Sandra Mahotra host of Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio, and Noam Kinstucky, accomplished coach and creator of masterpieces? If yes, then apply to our Abundance Cubed Transformation Program, and you could be one of six entrepreneurs who receive business coaching and media exposure in our success challenge. Go to www.wcubedcommunity.com and click on Abundance Cubed under our radio show to learn more. <laughs>
1: This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G Malhotra, hashtag r. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration.
0: And welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today has been the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation prison yoga project, James Fox. And this has been such an informative show. James has provided so much information today about how he uses yoga and mindfulness to help his students who are incarcerated master new skills and also where to go if you wish to extend your yoga teaching expertise to this area. And now as we get ready to wrap up, we promised you some testimonials and success stories. So James, can you share some of those with us? What have you observed in your years working with this population?
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, we we just completed a a video um, for fundraising purposes, but it included, the video includes interviews with uh, three of my former students. Actually, we interviewed several more. But... Three of my former students are featured on this video, and they talk about how their yoga practice has impacted them now that they're out in society. And it was really touching for me to hear what they had to say, in their own way, of course. Um, of how they're able to draw on their practices, continue to draw on their practices to deal with the challenges that they're facing. Some of them are still going to yoga classes on the outside, but they don't, they don't, you know, they have too many other challenges facing them once they get out reuniting with family, getting a job, getting a place to live, so on and so forth. But they do say that that impulse control that they learn. With a big issue impulse control that they learned uh from their yoga practice continues to serve them greatly in dealing with challenges and then you know, in terms of uh you know various testimonials that I had mentioned to you before um from some of my students, I can share a few with you,
0: please do, um,
2: yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna use these are quotes from different students of mine um, and I'll start with this one. I used drugs and alcohol for many years, basically to kill the pain of my life. Yoga has helped me clear my mind, deal with the pain, move into the present, and just love myself for who I am. Uh, so that that's one wow. of the one that speaks directly of course i can see these guys faces when i read their <laughs> their quotes too and remember them very clearly this is another one i truly believe i've found a process in yoga to deal with my personal struggles without medicating i found a path to calming myself when faced with adversity and quieting my mind to see the world from a different perspective wow so they're so well put um Here's one from a former, he's now out, but he was a former life sentence prisoner who actually did uh, 30 years. Wow. For those of us sentenced to a life term, time is inexorable. We're challenged to draw vitality and meaning from our circumstances. Yoga has helped me to understand that in the quietness and stillness, time becomes an ally, not a foe. And it's in the stillness that I realize the things that are most important to me and the things that do not really matter. So some of these guys, you know... Wow.
0: Uh, pe- Those sound like real yogis talking.
2: <laughs> well, they are. They really are. Yeah. I mean, of course, these all these guys spent a fair amount of time in my in my classes. But the other thing is that what people don't understand, because the media gives us a picture of what prisoners are like, and they're all brutes, and they're all tattooed, and they're not intelligent, and they don't have hearts. And that's not true. Right. Because prisoners are a microcosm of society. They reflect people in society. Um, let me see. Uh, here's one. My emotional state is more stable. I can experience an emotion without the emotion having its way with me. Oh, is that a good one for all of us, Yeah, (laughs) Life is no longer such a burden. I've experienced the change of attitude that's revolutionized my thinking and the world I live in.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah, I like the point that you made about prisons being a microcosm of our society because these are, in many cases, folks who... Did not grow up in the best circumstances, um, not the best belief systems, made serious mistakes, but they are human beings and deserve to be treated as such in many cases.
2: Well, th- well, that, Sandra, is what's going to help them to make the change in their lives, to be treated with compassion and understanding, and, and yet to be held accountable. And th- this yes. is the balance. But That's to sweet. be treated with compassion and understanding can become the motivator for somebody to change themselves. And if our system of, of, of justice in the United States is punishment. Mm-hmm. Our, system, our, our prisons are based on punishing people. And in the punishment, there aren't a lot of opportunities to be able to see oneself as a real human being who's got value. And so, of course, one of the things that yoga can bring is a certain sensitivity to oneself and, and an opportunity to make this internal transformation. And then we as teachers, it, it, it's, it's our job to support that.
0: Yes, that's wonderfully put. And on that note, let's get ready to wrap up. And can you remind everyone where to go to learn more? And if you have any upcoming events that you'd like to promote?
2: Yeah, sure. Um the website is uh, prisonyoga.org, dot org and we have a prison yoga uh Facebook page. It's uh Facebook dot com slash prisonyoga. Um we have just launched a, a fundraising campaign um that's featured on our Facebook page and would will be featured on our on our website. Um And I'll be doing trainings, um, actually doing a training in October in Toronto, and I'm doing a training in the New Orleans area in November, and I'm doing a training in, um, and that'll be it for the rest of the year.
0: Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. That's all the time we have, so we're going to have to go ahead and wrap up. But, James, you did such a wonderful job giving us a peek into the amazing work that you're doing with the prison population. Thank you very much for doing what you're doing, and we wish you and the Give Back Yoga Foundation all the best as you continue your work forward. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we will see you next week. So take care and all the best. Namaste.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit.
4: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. Brought to you on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.